Welcome to the Reaching the World Bible Church podcast. This is Pastor Henry and Ella Looney. Our prayer is that you enjoy the word for today. Godly attitude will season your life. A godly attitude. Now you want it to be seasoned. Sometimes it can be uh more than what you want in some things as far as when you cook, but you like seasoned food, don't you? Amen. A godly attitude will season your life. And once again, if we look at our screen this morning, our brother James has did a wonderful job. It shows a godly attitude, and it shows a various amount of spices there. And if you're cooks out there, you have used some of those seasonings. And, and our theme this morning, even going back, and we'll look at some things in that same regard as far as our title, but it says, Attitude determines your altitude how high you go that's what altitude and uh what and you say and how you say it and how you feel about things can affect how high you go it will advance you a good attitude will help guard your words which then will help guard your heart how many know we need to have our words guarded sometimes I believe it. I was studying and listening uh, as far as um, the Holy Spirit in our lives, and he's the umpire. Amen. I mean, you know, the umpire keep the game going right. Amen. Amen. And so we have the Holy Spirit in us and the word of God in us that, that we have an umpire that can help us and know what to say. But our altitude, Attitude, our attitude determines our attitude. First John 4, 4, and I'm looking at the NIV, said nothing in this world can stand against you. It says, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And I said, nothing in this world can stand against you. When you have the word of God on the inside of you. Amen. Amen. (coughs) We need to be able, though, to let the word of God season our life. And you can have a box full of spices. How many you got a season rack? Yeah, I got one now, and that joke about, it may be 15 years old. (laughs) In fact... Is that to be pretty? Because <laughs> the things I used are not from that little seasoning. I mean, when the last time somebody used something from your seasoning, right? No, it's there to be pretty. But the word of God is not in us for that. <laughs> Amen. I remember a pastor, though, and he didn't use this, and he likes me to use our life as an example, but he had made, and he was going to make us some oatmeal, and I might have told this to some of you guys. Made us some oatmeal, and and I have all, most of the seasons I have is in a basket, and it's a lot of them off in there, but he reached for the cinnamon and got the cumin. How I many of it's a big difference? If you don't know, it's a big difference between cinnamon and cumin. And then he went on to try to make it seem normal. <laughs> he said, go ahead, taste it. 
It's that joker got to be crazy. <laughs> if he think I'm going to take cumin instead of cinnamon. <laughs> and I looked at, it, looked at him at how he ate it and made it seem like it was normal. I was like, I ain't eating that. <laughs> That's a southern way. I'm not going to eat that. <laughs> Nevertheless, he ate some cumin oatmeal and I just looked at him and said, praise the Lord. <laughs> I love you, but I don't want that seasoning. Amen. And but how we handle our emotions make a difference. If we look at the headlines of the TV on the TV today, if we look at the news, we see that uh, people's emotions is what's causing more of the strife that's going on in the world going on in the United States, going on in our states, going on in our cities, going on in our homes, if we allow it, we cannot allow emotions to get the best of us. How we handle them make a difference. So we have to adjust the lens till you see Jesus. How many of you ever operated a camera? Now with our cell phone, we don't have to do anything but click. But if you don't handle it right, you're going to have some crazy pictures. Amen. But they used to, some of the cameras, you have to adjust the lens. You have to focus in and get it right. But the only way we adjust our lens to see clearer picture of Jesus is to adjust our life to look like him. Amen. Amen. And so we are overcomers because we have the Lord in our lives. I, I looked at some things and uh, I looked at the word seasoned. Seasoned. What does the word seasoned mean? It means it's, it's a lot of experience of something. You're marinated in life experiences. You're mature. And it's mature and you practice, uh, and it's balanced. That means there are some things in your life that you do, and you do right because you've done it a long time. A person that cooks, they don't necessarily, who have cooked a long time, don't necessarily have to have a recipe. Amen? Amen. Uh, sometimes you can do it a long time and forget, but after a while you learn how to cook cornbread. Amen. <coughs> Excuse me. You learn how to cook because you develop a taste. My son, he works with food, and, 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 he, and, he's, and I felt complimented when he told me this. He said, Mama, you know flavor. You know taste. Whereas he follows a recipe, and sometimes he might not be able to obtain that taste that flavor and that's how it is with our life you should live in a way to God that your life becomes seasoned and, and you're able to develop a taste people will have a taste for you amen, <laughs> amen. I mean you know there's sometimes we can go through life and you can have a little bit too much salt <laughs> amen and so we see season, though, means that you've had experience. And season means that the taste can be right. Attitude. What is that definition? The definition of attitude is a settled way 
of thinking about someone or something, typically one that is reflected in a person's behavior. How you think and what your attitude is about something can show up in how you act. There are some attitudes that we learned growing up that were good. But then there are some attitudes that were not good. There are some things as a group, uh, as far as people that you may have assumed that you may feel like this is how that person acts or, or that race acts. Or, or You may assume things even about those in your own home. Amen. But whatever of an attitude can reflect those feelings. I remember back in the, well, must have been the 70s or 80s, I don't know, but Patty Bell wrote a song. Some of y'all memory came back real quick. <laughs> oh, your mind went back to when Patty Bell came out with a song and said, I got a new attitude. Now, I ain't going to ask how many people dance to it. <laughs> Nevertheless, you might not now. Huh? But when Patti LaBelle sang that song, she said that her, her wires were crossed, but then they got uncrossed. She said the table had turned, and she'd learned a lesson. And you know, for, for a long time before I look back and see what that lyric really says, she said, I'm feeling good from my hat to my shoes. <laughs> well, I've been saying head to my shoes. <laughs> I said, I didn't know that's what that was. Well, sometimes if you're too busy dancing, you can't hear the words. But she said, I'm feeling good from my hat to my shoes, know where I'm going, and I know what to do. Amen. Amen. <laughs> she said, I tidied up my point of view. I got a new attitude. You know, there was some sense in what she was saying. And I know she was saying this because she was coming out of a relationship that had messed her up. And she had come out of a relationship and somehow I guess she went out and bought her a hat and some shoes. <laughs> hat and shoes, you did make you feel good back in the day. It'll make you feel good today. But the thing about it is this, that a lot of what she had received, she said she straightened up something on the inside and the outside. Well, now we got to be more acute and more, uh, more sharp to know that the word of God can give us a new attitude. Amen. 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 Now, I, I, I told the ladies that I would be bringing in something for Mother's Day, but this is for everybody. But especially we, when we deal with a woman in the Bible that had a new attitude. And uh, God knows and he cares about us and he helps us uh, through things and adversities. And in his word, God wants to help us walk through whatever situation we face. Now, this woman in this story didn't get new shoes and a hat. But we need to be able to find someone in the word who overcame a situation similar to what you're going through. And I believe God left us enough example. If you're sick, God shows somebody here. 
If there's an attitude adjustment, this morning we say he can show us some things. If it's your husband and, and if it's he showed us scriptures, and we got scriptures about relationship. We got scriptures regarding children. We got everything we need in the word of God. And if you're having a problem, you need to say, Lord, I want to know what you say about it. Attitude, our first line, outline, excuse me, is the speaker of the present. I said attitude is the speaker of the present. Let's look at our scripture in 1 Kings 17, 8, and I like that microphone up there. And it says when you want to speak something loud, your attitude is going to be what's talking louder than even what you're saying. I mean, you know, you can say I love you, but say it with the wrong attitude and it don't go over anywhere. Amen. Said then the word of, of the Lord came to him. Elijah, that's what we're talking about. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have drink? A widow, a prophet. And we see that this widow was a Gentile. What does that mean? She was not from Israel and she was not necessarily a believer. And there was a famine in the land and it affected everybody. How I many you know when COVID came, it affected the whole nation? Amen. There are some things that come only and you feel like that affect you, but it's something when things happen that affect a nation. The lady had no one to turn to and and the thing is, opportunity came. And that's what we're looking at. Opportunity to came to get her needs met. Elijah had already been through a lot of stuff. He the one prophesied to the king and told him there was going to be a famine and told him it was going to be a drought. <laughs> and there he is. God had, had given him water at the brook uh, of Sherith and and then he had stayed there and ravens had come to feed him and he went through his own attitude adjustment. Amen. When he got to the point when he saw there nobody left for me and, and he went hiding from Jezebel. And, and he had come through some attitude adjustments even up to this point when God was getting ready to use him, them. And the thing though we're looking at that he was an instrument but so was this woman an instrument. I looked at this uh, Zarephath, and I like to look up the meanings of things, but this one jumped out at me. That name of Zarephath means meaning, the meaning, excuse me, is ambush of the mouth. Go figure. <laughs> I know that was God. <laughs> he, he reveals things to us, doesn't he? But Zarephath, the meaning of it was ambush of the mouth. And it's, what is the, what's, what's ambushing? I wrote that down real quick. It's a surprise attack by people lying in wait in a concealed position. Can't that be out of mouth? <laughs> Jump out, say something, and you wonder where did it come from? <laughs> and you go like, I can't believe I heard myself say that. Yeah, that was it. And, but attitude is the speaker of the present. 
And he had called out to the bring, uh, to, to uh, bring him a piece of bread, and we'll look at that one. But an attitude is never content until it is expressed. Whether it's bad attitude or a good attitude, it always wants to express itself. How many know your attitude wants to express? I mean, sometimes it wants to express the bad more than it do the good. <laughs> But an attitude will express itself. Attitude of your heart is far more important than your actions. Some people have said, believe what I do and not what I say. But no, the attitude of your heart. How many want the attitude of your heart to be good? And I believe as mothers and even as, uh, as, as, as men and women of God, we got to know where's my heart in this situation. So we see that this woman is there. Both the prophet and the widow has a need. Isn't that something? Now God had fed that uh, Elijah over there and provided for him. I said, why go to this woman? Because, see, God has a preparation. I mean, no, God always has a, has a preparation, whether we see it or get to it or not. But we, we like that when he said, there's a ram in the bush. Amen. How many times in your life when God has given you a ram in the bush? So he sent her to the widow. And, and um, the Jews had a believing that if you fed somebody, that that was a good virtue. I say that to you men, women of God, if you're feeding somebody today, that's a virtue. That's a virtue from God. And you will be blessed. But the thing we saw in 1 Kings 17, 11, let's go ahead and read some more, 17, 11, 12. Said, as she was going to get it, he called, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. <laughs> as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. How many think she was real nice about that? I don't know. I know all I know in that next verse, he told her, do not be afraid. But when you scared, you can come out with an attitude. <laughs> Amen. And she said it. She said, I, I, I don't have any. Now, and you, can you imagine this, that she got a handful of flour and a little oil. Now, that'll make a biscuit. <laughs> I learned it didn't take for two ingredients to make a biscuit. I, I saw that on the Internet. Two-ingredient biscuit. I said, oh, no, they don't have, them, have a lot of stuff. But you can make a piece of bread out of oil and a little flour and a little water. <laughs> And I saw that uh, the famine was in the land. Enough oil, enough meal for one more, and for me and my little boy, and we're going to die. And I look back at nutrition because you got to know this, that there's some things in the natural about malnutrition and starving. But if you trust God, you got to doubt your doubts and believe your beliefs. How many times you got the doubt? I doubt it. Well, you, you just doubt, but you know what? You can believe in your heart and doubt in your head, and God will still hear your things will be all right. Amen. Amen. And I looked at this woman, and if we can look at her now, and we can tell her, your last is never your last when you give it to God. 
How many ever gone through that? Your last is never your last when you put it in God's hand. And I look, though, at some signs of malnutrition because I wonder how in the world could this girl be out gathering sticks that she'd been hungry. All you got is, is bread, a little piece of bread and some water, and you're going to die tomorrow. You must be in some bad shape. Huh? So, no, I looked at malnutrition, and uh, I looked at it. And in the natural, when you have malnutrition, that's when you're starving, you're not eating. You can yo yo you reduce uh your appetite. You have a reduced appetite. What does it mean? You don't want to eat. You don't want to eat when you need to eat. Lack of interest in food and drink. Now, if you hungry, you seem like you ought to be interested in food. Amen. Feeling tired all the time. Feeling weak. Getting ill and taking a long time to recover. Wounds taking a long time to heal. Poor concentration. Feeling cold most of the time. I said, Lord, these are some of the same things that can happen spiritually. When you get malnutrition from the word, you wonder why you don't want the word. And you don't have an appetite for church. You don't have an appetite to hear about God anymore. And you don't have an interest in it. And feeling tired all the time. Sometimes you get sick and tired of being tired. Feeling weak. Getting ill and taking a long time because that's when you get mad or you get ill and, 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 and you get ill about something. It's a long time to recover spiritually, isn't it? Amen. Wounds taking a long time to heal. What, you hurt me. And so I, I, I'm not going to forgive you yet. No, when we have the word of God in us, but we, we have a healing process. But when you got a sign of malnutrition spiritually, when you can hold on to wounds and, and you can hold on to hurts for years. Amen. Poor concentration. I, I can't get my head together. I don't, I can't think. I, I, I was laughing at Pastor this morning. I told him good morning earlier. And then when we got downstairs, he was going to be say sweetly, good morning. I said, didn't I tell you good morning? <laughs> I'm not at the age for you to make me think I forgot. <laughs> Amen. So don't be repeating it. If I told, I told you good morning already, I know I did. <laughs> and I know he was just being whatever and, and sweet or whatever. But I knew I told him good morning, mother. And he wasn't going to make me think I forgot. Feeling cold most of the time. When you don't have a true nutrition of the word of God, you can feel cold about everything. What? It, I, I, it just don't affect me anymore. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't feel like shouting. I don't feel like praising God. Well, God wants us to know the signs of malnutrition. You can go five to ten minutes without oxygen. And you can go three or eight days without water. And I found this most interesting. You can go 70 days without food. <laughs> you can't be looking at the Food Network. <laughs> and, um, but just because you're starving doesn't mean you're helpless. We looked at this woman. She was starving, but she wasn't helpless because she was still out there trying to provide for her, her child. How I many you know a, a godly mother will want to provide for her children? I, I, I had a friend years ago, and, and, and she laughed at me, I, and, and I had um, 
spent the night with her. She had been a teacher of mine years ago. And, and she said, I have nothing in the house. And she said, and you know, she thought, and I said, well, let me find something for, I'll make for breakfast. Man, I looked around in that kitchen and I found some meat. And uh, I think it, it, it might have been some of that fatback kind of meat. <laughs> but I knew I could cook it. Scrickaline, it was something. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a pork chop or nothing like that. And I, found, I made some biscuits. And I found some syrup in the house. She said, girl, you found some food in here, didn't you? I wanted to tell her I'd got accustomed because I'd grown up when we didn't have anything in the house where you could find something to eat. How many know, I don't care how poor we got, there was something in the house to eat. Amen. Because see, your body is not like a car. If you don't put gas in the car, the gas not, the car not going to crank up. But your body has a way of recognizing food is scarce, and it will buy time to give you a chance to find some food. I believe spiritually, God is buying some time for somebody to find some food spiritually. Aren't you glad he bought some time for you? When you was at your last and, and at your wit's end and you felt weak, God saw fit the whole year. The food came. Matthew 4, 4 says, Jesus answered, it's written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. God knew that we couldn't just live on bread. A lot of people got plenty of food. Guess what? You can gain and you get plenty of weight on you, but you can be just small spiritually. Amen. <laughs> so he said, man can't live by bread alone. But everything that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He, Hosea 4, 6 and NIV said, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I also reject you as my priest because you've ignored the law of your Lord. I, saw, I also will ignore your children. He said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Knowledge of what? Knowledge of the word of God. And he went on to say in Amos 8, 11, and I like when he said this in Amos 8, 11. He said, the days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land, not a famine of food or thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. A famine for hearing the word of the Lord. Somebody look at the news and see what's going on. People got plenty of food. You can go any corner to get you a meal, get you a McDonald's, get you a Burger King chicken, any kind you want. But he said this, this was so ironic. The word is here because God said in the last day that the knowledge of the Lord would be spread throughout the earth. But just having the knowledge there does not mean people are what? Hearing it. Hearing the word, he said that will become a famine. And that's why we got a malnutrition nation. We got children killing children. We've got, we got wars and rumors of wars. We got nations that can't get along. People in nations can't get along. Why? Because there's a famine of the hearing of the word. God went so far to say, be ye hearers, be ye doers and not just hearers only. 
You want to know what's going on with society? There's a famine in the land. And who needs to be able to, to, to work in this famine? It's us. We got to give the pure word of God. My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Behold, you're coming. The days are coming. How many know the days are here? People thirsty. They hungry. They don't know what they're hungry for. They don't know why they're acting like they're acting. They don't know why they're weak. It's because we need the word of God. Where? Not just hearing, but even in us. But we need to hear first. And he said, how can they hear without a preacher? Attitude based on the ability of God's word. I didn't say attitude based on some self-help program or something you may read anywhere. You need an attitude based on the word of God. Amen. What is the first thing that you do, though, when facing difficulty? Do you turn to the Internet? Do you turn to somebody else and say, now, how can I fix it? No, we need to be able to turn to the word of God. Psalm 50, 15 NIV says, and God and call on me in the day of trouble, I will deliver you and you will honor me. Who do you call? I got sometimes I, I, I'll talk to my patients and I, and I say, have you looked this up? You're going to have this surgery and you look this up on the Internet. You're going to be so scared when you come in here. <laughs> because you don't want to look and see what they're going to do to you. Sometimes you just want them to wake you up and tell you it's over. <laughs> Go ahead, try it. There are some things that the medical people can look at that you can't. You gone in enemy has given you fear because you don't looked up how they do it. <laughs> and you know that's the kind of world we live in. Everybody wanna find everything. And you can Google everything. But there's some place you need to go first. You need to go to the Word of God. And He'll give you peace. And I tell you what, but being able to know I can call on the Lord in the day of trouble. In, in 1 Kings 17, 13 through 14 NIV, getting back to Elijah, Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. He didn't say, don't be mad. <laughs> don't be, you know, I, sometimes I figure like it will have been some of us, you're going to man, you got to be out of your mind. <laughs> Just think about it. But he said, go home and do as you have said. What was she afraid of? Preacher? I'm going to give you my last meal and my, child, my child's last meal, and we're not going to have anything to eat. When that, that's, that, that's enough to scare you a little bit. <laughs> Some people can't be afraid, be afraid, she said. But he said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. Then make something for yourself and your son. And you're talking, everybody getting a little bit of peace, ain't you? <laughs> Gonna drink a lot of water with that. Amen. But we see that she went and she gave God something to work with. How many of you want to give God something to work with this morning? Because your little becomes much when you place it in the master's hand. And, and you know God does ask us uh, for little. And she knew that uh he was a man of God, and, 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 and she had made 
some mention of that, but in the middle of your need, in the middle of what you need, God know how to allow you to tap into God's miracle supply. I don't know about you today, but I need to tap into God's miracle supply. I don't have enough money to feel like, well, now I don't need God. I need to tap into a miracle supply. How many of you want a miracle supply today? And the widow, although she was an Israelite, she showed enough faith to, to feed Elijah, and she referred to his God as Lord. Ain't that a change? Isn't that an attitude adjustment? You don't know anything about God. And then you're able to perceive something in that man as being a what? Uh, of the Lord. And she showed hospitality and kindness. And kindness can be shown even by unbelievers. Amen. Sometimes we get confused about that because we think just because they don't go to church, they can't be nice. Sometimes people on church can be very nice. They can be kind. Amen. Amen? But this lady was not a believer, but as far as us, we should have kindness because it's the fruit of the Spirit. And in the fruit of the Spirit, he said, love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering, meekness, are temperaments of self-control. Self-control. That's about attitude, isn't it? So she showed kindness. And so kindness should be more true of us than anybody. And she gave out of her need. And God took that gift and he multiplied it again and again. How many times we see in the Bible how God is a multiplier and not just a taker away. But God know how to take and multiply what you don't have this morning. Well, I need some. Even your love, your patience, your joy. God can multiply. So she gave out of a need and she gave out of a want too. And she gave most of all out of faith. If you're going to give today, give out of faith. Believing God will give back to you what you need in your life. And, and her attitude, though, roots inward and not outward. Attitude has to be something on the inside of you. Something that you learned and that from God and it's in there. It's nothing you can just put on. Amen. One thing I will say this morning is refuse to measure God by the limitations of our unbelief. Can I say that again? Refuse to measure God by the limitations. Say limitations of our unbelief. Because unbelief can limit us. I want to believe God more than I ever have before. God's done some wonderful things in our life. God has been a miracle worker in my life. And it had to go beyond what I saw. I remember when, it, when, when conceiving and having a son, when the doctor said, no way you're going to have a child. I had to be able to refuse to measure God by the limitations of someone else's unbelief, even that unbelief that could be rising up in myself. And God came through for me. Amen. I can't accept and I can't understand God by anything but his word. If you're trying to understand your situation and you're trying to understand it through natural thinking, you're not going to think it out. I wonder what's going to happen. I wonder what's come of this. Well, look. I'm going to be able to understand what's going on around me because I'm going to understand God's word. God is in you to the degree that his word is in you. 
What do you mean? How much word in you is equivalent to how much God is in you? It, be, it behooves us to be able to feed on the word of God because, see, I want more God in me. If I want more word, if I got more word in me, working in me, I've got more God in me. And who lives big in you? Praise God. God and his word are one. He said, and Jesus said that I and the father are one. In the beginning was the word and the word was God. Amen. God's word is living and God's is a living substance. It never changes, but it changes things. How many of you got some things around you need to change? I got some things around me need to change this morning. God's word is eternal. But in order for me to be like him, I need to know him. How many know you can't be like God if you don't know God? Amen. And you got to read it through what the word you got to write it down. You got to pray it. You got to work it out. You got to pass it on and you got to hear with the ear of faith. It's not what we are, but it's what God wants us to be. Don't allow the enemy to tell you that that, that and hold you hostage. I looked at a scripture and uh, we saw where first where it, she went away and did as Elijah told her there in 1 Kings 17, 15. And so there was food every day for Elijah, for the woman and her family, for the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Amen. I said the word of God got in the situation. In 2 Timothy 2, 24 NIV, it says, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful opponents, but be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and they will come to their senses. This is the one I like. They will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captives to do his will. When you get into strife and you get into that quarrelsome and you get where your attitude is not right, you are a captive. How many don't want to be a hostage to the devil? You know what a hostage situation is? He said, you be, the devil will have taken them captive. You are a captive of the enemy. When you allow the enemy to, to keep you in a place of discord and your attitude in the wrong place. Amen. There's some things about attitude that maybe we've learned a long time ago. Man, learned learning from mom and them or, or grandmom and them and how they popped off or whatever. And, and, and if you've been doing it for 20 years, or you've been on, look, if you've been on the same road for 20 years, Saying you were going to, 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 let's say, Atlanta or going to Birmingham. You've been on the same road and you was on the wrong road. And you never reached your destination. What you have to do? Change the road. <laughs> Amen. We need to change our attitude if it's not right. Never get too old to change your attitude. You say, well, now you old. You can just act like that. No, you can't. <laughs> That's just the way they are. No, it's not. I can change. How many know you can change? Because attitude will draw people or it will repel people from you. The latest supply had lasted for, for two years for the, uh, through the remaining drought. And, and we, we know that Proverbs eleven twenty five 25 said this. He said, the generous soul will be made rich and who, he who has water will also be watered himself. 
I like that. I like Psalm 37, 5. He said, I was young and now I'm old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. You want the word of God and you don't have to beg bread. Amen. It can keep you, praise God. And it centers us. And the lady, though, could have acted because out of selfishness or, or fear or insecurity, but she learned that she could trust that man. And we've been around and she didn't know she knew him less time. And and as far as for a few minutes, and she wouldn't be what God say do. How long does it take for us to do what God wants us to do? Amen. We said that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Another part of what these of Jewish people believed was that if they fed somebody else, then they had a resurrection blessing. I said, ain't that something? I look back at their, their reasoning and they said they had a resurrection blessing. That means what? They had a right to have a resurrection before it's time. And in fact, when they read this in the Old Testament, they said the reason why that woman got a blessing was because she fed Elijah. How many know we on the grace of God? So we see, though, that we need to have an attitude because it's the prophet of our future. I said, it's the prophet of our future. Second Timothy 1 5 said, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Paul was telling Timothy, I'm reminded of how you were brought up. How many of you know how you ought to be reminded of what God has done in your life? You ought to be reminded. And he said, sincere faith. Some say that Paul made a head of acquaintance with them because you see Lois and Eunice, uh, uh, Eunice was the daughter, and he saw how the grandmother raised her daughter. Saw how the daughter raised her child. That would be kind of like that road ever child when the mother raised you, you raised April. And it, it, you can see it. Spiritually, we do what we can. And guess what? Somewhere Eunice must have married somebody one of the Jews because Timothy was not circumcised. And that was a Jewish because they don't mention him. He was a Greek. And somehow though Eunice came back in line and he was been again to teach your boy, don't give up on your children today. Amen. After a while, she got so embedded in it, and then Paul had to have a close uh, acquaintance and, and see what was going on because he knew what the grandmama did, he knew what the mama did, and then he saw in Timothy where he could trust that boy to be his partner in the ministry. How many glad God see through generations? Glory be to God. From infancy, and now from infancy, you had known the Holy Scriptures. He said, you knew it. So he had to know him when he was a, he had to have some knowledge of it. God has knowledge on us and our children today. Amen. Amen. God's a good God. I thank God that God, in Philippians 4.19, NIV said, And my God will meet all your needs according to his riches in glory. I said the word of God, your attitude, the word in you, it, it can recover you. If you're acting on the word of God this morning, 
Paul told Timothy, your background, your faith will give you the courage to stand fast. What's giving you the courage to stand fast today? Based on what we know on God's character, we can trust God. It's doing the best for us. How many know God's character is to help? It's God's character to be God. Amen. Philippians 4.19 said, My God will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory. So we looked at this woman. And in Jeremiah 29, 11, said, For I know my plans for you. How I many know God's got a plan for you? He's got a plan for your children. He's got a plan for your life. But you got to know I'm following God's plan this morning. A good attitude. Not enough to just get acquainted, though. The obedience of that woman allowed her to experience God's mercy and blessings. I looked at this lady, though, and, 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 and down there in 1 Kings 17, 17, and we're going to try to make it swift. Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, what do you have against me? <laughs> Attitude. <laughs> she said, man of God, did you come to remind me of my sin? And kill my son, you know, they didn't have, they thought that, that God killed everybody. I know that God come, that we may have life and have it more abundant. The devil come to kill, steal, and destroy. But she said, and lead on, just say, give me your son. He took him from her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his bed. And he cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy even on this widow I'm staying with by causing her son to die? And there go Elijah need, he needed to know the whole revelation of God's word. What am I saying today? Sometimes we get things wrong and thank God doing something, and we quick to blame God. We keep the, she was quick to blame the man of God, and then he going to go blame God too. Amen. Just because you're the man of God, just because the man of God is living in your house. How many know Elijah was living with that woman? And, 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 and catastrophe came even with the man of God living. In her house, and she, and she figured she has some, some going on now. Uh, how this happen with you in my mouth? Sometimes you ask God, how did this happen when I'm writing in the middle of your word? How did this happen when I'm writing in the middle of doing your will? How did catastrophe come? Well, catastrophe we can come, and it even came when the man of God that was there. But the only thing that cut the story is the man of God knew how to pray. If you know how to pray this morning, you got an avenue to God. Yeah. And, and there she is. And, 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 but she's going to blame the prophet. And you know, at some point in our life, we've got to learn. And she did. Once that boy come back to life, she realized that God is just not, my, just not the health insurance for me. He is not just the feeder of bring of grocery, but he's my life insurance. It's got your life insurance today. And, 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 and we see after that, she, she became, had an attitude of thankfulness. I say there's an attitude of thankfulness because unlike the people believe that, that it happened just because she fed him, she realized something different. And what we realize today is that we have grace. Ephesians 2.18 says, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, but it's the gift of God, not by works. So nobody can boast. Amen. 
We see him there, and that man cried help, and she got thankful. And she said that in that verse that just because, uh, uh, she said that it's because he had, he, she acknowledged that I know you are a true man of God because you brought my child back to life. Now, I didn't hear her saying that about that bread. But I said something about getting your child back from the dead, getting your, getting, getting your family saved. I tell you what, that'll let you know something about God. Amen? But didn't she believe it before then? It looks like she grew. How many of you know we can grow this morning? We can grow in the things of God. Because you would have thought if you done had food for nearly two years and God has been giving you this oil and this water. And I thought about that with this gas crisis. We need somebody to fill up our tank. But just close to that two years being there uh, in, in, in the drought, in the fame of God that fed her and kept oil and kept flour. And then all of a sudden the boy died. And when God bring the boy back, you're a man of God. Give thanks to the Lord, though, not for circumstances, but in circumstances. First Thessalonians 5, 18 says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ. I don't say be thankful because bad things are happening, but be thankful that God's going to bring you through. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Thankfulness. Thankfulness. Because as you're thanking God, as you're thanking him, you're reminding yourself of what he has said and done, and you're magnifying God. How many want to do that today? I, I thank God. I, I was looking at a thankfulness and We'll close with this, but um, Billy Graham had given a, a repeated a story uh, that he knew, and he told the story of Matthew Henry, and he was a preacher and devotional re commentator of the Bible. You probably hear Matthew Henry anyway. In the 1800s, he died about 1916, but he had an attitude of thankfulness. And um, the man had gotten robbed. Someone that robbed Matthew Henry. And he wrote in his diary this. Let me be thankful because I was never robbed before. Then he wrote, number two, although they took my purse, they didn't take my life. And although they took all that I had, which wasn't much, he said, I thank God for that. He said this, and now lady said, because it, he said, I want to be thankful, last of all, because it was I who was robbed and not the one who robbed somebody. That's being thankful in him. What's your attitude? What's your response? You know, you can have a hundred things going right and one thing going wrong, and you can what? Sin on that one thing wrong. You know, we can be that way about ourselves. We can be that way about our children, even about life in the world. One thing can be going wrong and you got everything else going right. And all of a sudden, the devil want to get you down about that one little thing. It may be a big thing, but we're going to concentrate on the goodness of God because our attitude will determine our altitude. And your attitude will season your life. How many want your life seasoned today? I don't mind season. I tell you what, I, I look and, you know, we're too close to Jesus coming or our going not to be seasoned. People need to look at us and have a taste of what God can do.
I thank God this morning. He's a healer. He's a way maker. He's my life. You know, he's not just an accident of insurance policy. He's full life. How many are you glad you got the total thing today? Go ahead and stand, and we're going to have Pastor to come on up. And it's just a few minutes over, but I know I didn't want part two. Y'all didn't have to wait. <laughs> Pastor, do part two. <laughs> got that soap opera spirit. <laughs> God is good, isn't he? Yes, he is. I'm so glad you came. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Wasn't that a good word today? God is so good to us all the time. We just thank God for his. While you stand, just lift your hands up toward heaven. Let's just worship him for a second. Just go ahead and talk to God. Just tell him how good he's been to you. You know, you can worship him without music. You can worship him in, in, in church. You can worship him at home. Let's just, just, just talk to him. Father God, we just thank you right now. Lord, we just thank you. You're such a good God. Lord, just like you supplied the, the woman and her son with, with food for two years when, when all they had was just a little bit of oil and a little bit of, little bit of flour. Lord, you supplied all our needs according to your riches and glory. Lord, you have provided for us everything that we have need of above and beyond what we could ask or think. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you as a church family. We thank you as individuals right now. We thank you for the anointing that destroys yoke. We thank you for your healing graces. We thank you for your provision in, in our homes and in our children. We thank you, Lord, for, for you, you helping us. Lord, even when we wasn't even helping ourselves, you helped us. Lord, we're thankful that you're such a good God and you're worthy to be praised. We acknowledge you as our Savior. We acknowledge you as our Lord. And Lord, we just give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. And we thank you that not only are you our Savior, but we make you our Lord. Thank you, Lord, for paying the price so that we can have life and life more abundantly. Thank you. And if you agree with that, just say amen. Amen. It's just good to thank God. He's a good God. You know, go, go ahead and go ahead and sit down for a, for a second. You know, I, we, we, we thank God. And that, that, that was a prayer. But if you're out there, uh, maybe out in, 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 in the world somewhere and you haven't, you said, I, I haven't given my heart to Jesus. Y'all are thanking him for him paying a price so you can have life. I haven't done that. If you're in, in, at home or where you may be watching, uh, you may be watching this embedded uh, a, a month from now or a year from now, and you came upon this and this message that Sister Ella was speaking, and, you, and, you, and, you, and, it, and it spoke to you. Or you may be in this room right now, and things may have been gone wrong. And you may have challenges with, with your children or with your, with your spouse. God said he has supplied all our needs according to his riches and glory. He told us he would give us the desires of our heart. And you know, our greatest desire should be the knowledge of a savior who paid the price so that we could have life and life more abundantly. I'm going to ask all of you to pray with me. First of all, I'm going to issue this invitation. If you, whether you're in-house or you're at home somewhere, you're watching. If you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, you know, you may be in a room by yourself. Nobody else may be there, but God's there. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere all at the same time. And, and I ask you this question. 
Do you know you need Jesus and you haven't given your heart to him? If that's you in-house or out of the house somewhere, go ahead and just raise your hand and just say, I need Jesus. I want to make him my savior. Those of you that are raising your hand right now, you just acknowledge and God saw your hand go up. He saw your heart. He sees your heart's desire. And as we pray, I want you to repeat these words after me. Those of you in the house here uh, that, that already know Jesus, it doesn't hurt for you to pray this prayer again. Amen. And as we pray together, let's thank him that he paid the price. Repeat after me. Father God, right now, I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that you died for me. You gave your life. They didn't take it. You gave it so that I could have life and life more abundantly. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me of my sins and cleansing me of all unrighteousness. Lord, I make you my Savior and I make you my Lord. I thank you that I'm forgiven, that I'm cleansed by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I am saved. Amen.